Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, and uh, we're going to read verses 24 through 28. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 28. This week is, of course, Thanksgiving week, and uh, all of us have tons of things to be thankful for and appreciative for, amen, have a lot of things that uh, God has blessed us with. We, If we take anything away from our missions trip, we take away the reality that we are very, very blessed and we are thankful for all that God has given us and blessed us with. April and I were talking um, Saturday uh, about how funny it is that uh, we're going to be thankful on Thursday and then Friday we're going to be Black Friday shopping, stuffing our carts full of unnecessary items. Amen? (laughs) Praise the Lord. All the women said amen. I think uh, today as we kind of look at our text and we begin to talk about uh, what Jesus says here in Matthew 16 and even thinking about the fact that this is Thanksgiving week, I think there is a great challenge for all of us in truly living thankfully and being grateful daily for all that uh, Christ has blessed us with and all that he continues to bless us with. It's not something that he has just done once, but he continues to bless us over and over and over again. And I think that sometimes we honestly have too much to really appreciate all that we have, right? I mean, sometimes we just have too much to really appreciate and be thankful for all the blessings that God has given us. And I think largely that is because uh, it's difficult for us uh, to have a true concept of, more importantly, a true practice of learning to deny ourselves and learning to live and appreciate life with less. And because we are so abundantly blessed and because we have access to so many good things, sometimes what is sacrificed in the process of gaining is thankfulness and a, and a heart of contentment and a heart of gratefulness. And so today we want to talk about that a little bit. Jesus said in our text in verse 25, he said, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. What he's saying here in the text is if you really want to be happy and you really want to be satisfied and if you want to ultimately really appreciate your life, you're going to have to trust me with it. You can't get yourself there. I have to get you there. He's saying that there's really no way to the pathway of thankfulness, happiness, gratefulness, joy, peace, contentment aside from me. You can try. You can go out Friday and you can work like, uh, like, like it's your last opportunity to fill those baskets full of stuff, but it is not going to make you happy over a long period of time. Those things fade, but God is where we truly find the help we need and the, and, and the, and the, the happiness that we long for. Matthew 16, 25 in the message reads like this. It says, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? 
What could you ever trade your soul for? And so today I want to talk about that. I believe this. I believe that discontentment is the foundation of an unthankful heart. Discontentment is the foundation of an unthankful heart. When he becomes enough, when God becomes enough, when Jesus becomes enough, and contentment is found fully in him, thankfulness is a natural outcome. When Jesus is enough, thankfulness flows from our being. It just exudes from our our person. It just comes out of us because we understand that He is my source. So today I want to preach to you the great exchange, the great exchange. And I will tell you today how you can walk out your journey and find contentment and thankfulness along the way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your presence, most of all, that is here in this house today. I pray that your anointing would rest upon me that it would open the hearts and minds of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's look at our text today and let's read it in its entirety this morning. Matthew 16, verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, let him take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the entire world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Today I want to preach to you out of that text. And let's look again at verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any man desires to come after me, if anyone desires to come after me, that in the message reads like it says, Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. I like that. He went to work on them. He's teaching them. He's training them. He's he's developing them. He's got them aside here and he says, I'm going to go to work on them a little bit. And he's telling them, look, if you're going to pursue me and if you're going to follow my kingdom, if you're going to do what I do and if you're going to be one of my disciples, then this is what's required. He says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Has to let me lead. Remember what Jesus said Previously, when we preached out of Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 and 29, he says, come to me, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He's saying, look, you're going to have to let me lead if you're going to really find what you're looking for in life. It doesn't come by your own means. It doesn't come by your own abilities. It doesn't come through any thing you have or anything you attain. It comes through me and me alone. So my first point is this, that we have to pursue him. He says, if anyone comes after me, he's talking about pursuit. He's saying, look, if you want to be mine, then then chase after me. Come after me. Pursue me. Come find me. Come seek me out. Look for a deeper relationship with me. Try to discover what a true, deep relationship with God is really like. If anyone desires to come after me, if you want what I have, Jesus is saying, I have to have you pursue me to discover it. That word's come after me. I think about it. I think of a passionate pursuit of God, a a desire to to seek Him out, a desire to be in His presence, a desire to have a relationship with Him, a desire to make that relationship grow and develop and become more and more and more over time. 
When I think about a passionate pursuit, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking about April's passionate pursuit of me. I'll never forget the day that she got hooked. I was working, <laughs> I was working at the sale barn, the livestock auction. I had my milk boots on. They hit me about my knees. Orange blaze jacket. Hashtag hot. <laughs> Sexy in every way, right? Covered from head to toe with cow manure from working outside. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. I was in the, in the foyer there of the cell, cell barn, and here she comes walking in wearing her boyfriend's letter jacket. That didn't matter. Didn't matter. Because something happened to her that day that forever changed her life. She was hooked. And from that day forward, tell the truth. All right, I'm getting a witness down here on the front row. I wish we had cameras so you could see it. But it's true. And she began to pursue me. At the first, I didn't, wasn't interested. You know, I just... I'm just a boy trying to make a living, trying to do what i got to do. And here's this woman pursuing me. But she finally tracked me down and caught me. Praise God. I'm glad she did. Hallelujah. But God wants us to pursue Him. He wants us to go after Him. He wants us to long and, and hunger for a relationship with Him. That's something that we have to develop within ourselves. That we have to develop a deep desire to have a relationship with God. And sometimes, to be honest with you, what gets in the way of that relationship with God is just a bunch of junk. It's just a bunch of other things. It's not having your mind right. What took me so long to finally realize that I was the lucky one in this situation, I had other things on my mind. I was a nut. But once I got all that cleared and I realized, wow, opportunity. My life began to change, and for 18 years, it's been changing every day, praise God. <laughs> A passionate pursuit. God is looking for some people who will come after Him. who People who will pursue Him and His ways, and in the process, what He promises that you will find is everything that your heart desires. He says, if anyone, anyone will come after me. The, the invitation is open. It's open to everyone. And it, it is an invitation without qualification. But acceptance, listen to me, but acceptance of that invitation will cost you your life. He says, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Here's the problem that a lot of us run into is that we want John 3.16 without Matthew 16.24. We want John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We'll take that all day long. But when it comes to Matthew 16.24 and He starts talking about denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Him, that's where we say, hold up. Pursuit requires the following things. Let's, let's talk deeper into Matthew 1624, he says, if anyone desires to come after me first, let him deny himself. My second point is that we have to learn to deny ourselves. When we talk about denying ourselves, we're not talking about a person who lives in denial. We're not talking about a person 
who refuses to accept reality. We're not talking about even denying your true character and, and truly who you are in your being. We are talking about bringing your flesh under submission to God. Again, to find yourself, in other words, to, in, in, in the way that we find ourselves, we lose ourselves and we lose ourselves in Christ Jesus. We believe here that you can't find yourself really, truly, and really understand who you are until you're willing to lose yourself to Jesus Christ. And it's only when you lose yourself in Christ that the true person of who you are is really uh, comes, comes to fruition, comes, comes to be known and comes to be discovered. You can't really find yourself until you're willing to surrender yourself to God. Denying oneself speaks of this. It speaks of total surrender. It speaks of submitting myself to God's desires for my life. It speaks of learning to deny our desires and wants and live by His will and live by His word alone. It is denying my fleshly wants and desires to seek out rather His perfect plan for my life. It speaks of seeking Him first in every area of my life. Christ becomes the backdrop of every decision I make and He becomes the central portion of my life through which everything else exists. He becomes the sun to my solar system. And my world orbits around Him and what He desires for me. Kyle Eidemann says it like this. He says, one way people try and follow Jesus without denying themselves is by compartmentalizing the areas of their lives they don't want Him to have access to. In other words, God, I'll follow, follow you in this area, but in this other area, I don't know. I'll follow you with my family, but when it comes to my friends, God, mm -mm. I'll follow you in giving my time to the church, God, but when it comes to giving my money to the church, then God, I, I don't know about that. I'm compartmentalizing where I want him to be God and where I want to still be in charge of my own life. And the fact is, we can't call Jesus Lord if we aren't willing to be His servant. I'm going to say that again. We can't call Him Lord if we aren't willing to be His servant. Being His servant requires me to surrender everything to Him. And here's just a little side note. Do you realize that if we could all learn to deny ourselves, there would never be drama? If we could learn to deny ourselves, we'd never have a lot of drama in our lives because drama is created when two people refuse to deny themselves. That's good preaching. Verse 24 goes on to say, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Point number three is that we have to bear our cross. Luke 9.23 tells us that we are to take up our cross daily. What does it mean to take up your cross? It means to bear out the will of God daily for your life. This is, I believe, why Luke adds the daily in the scripture. It is an everyday decision. When you think about the cross today, you know, this is prior to Jesus even going to the cross. And so when he uses the cross in his vernacular, what is it symbolizing? What is it saying to the people around him that day? The cross symbolized death and humiliation. It symbolized suffering. And everybody in the crowd understood that when Jesus was saying to them, you need to bear your cross, he's saying, look, you're, we're talking about a death here. We're talking about death. 
We're talking about humiliation. We're talking about suffering. We're talking about a sacrifice here. If you're going to follow me, then you're going to have to deny yourself and what you want to do. And you're going to have to take up a cross and follow me. Jesus is talking about an everyday that we walk in a willingness to die to our flesh. Paul said in Corinthians 15, 31, that I die daily. Every day I go before the Lord and I make a decision, a choice to follow the will of Christ over my own will. Not my will, but yours be done today, Father. Bearing the cross is simply choosing to follow God's will for your life unconditionally. It's saying, God, I choose your ways over my ways. I choose your will over my will. And I will do what you ask of me regardless. So when he talks about death, he's talking about dying daily to our flesh. It was also a symbol of humiliation. Humiliation how? Humiliation in the sense that I am not glorifying myself over Christ. But rather I am taking the form of a servant rather than the form of the Lord. Who's in charge? Who's calling the shots? Who's steering the boat? Who's driving the car? Who's directing your steps? Is it you? Because if it's you, you're not finding what you're really looking for because you can't. It only comes through letting the Lord lead. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, then you're going to have to let me lead. Suffering. The cross is a symbol of suffering in the sense that it will cost me something to follow Christ faithfully. God's going to require something of each and every one of us if we're truly going to follow Him in a deeper relationship than what we currently have. Every level costs me something with God. Every level requires that I give something up, control, things that are important to me that shouldn't be, perhaps people in my life. It requires that I give some things up to go up with God. Kyle Ottoman says this, he says, there is a surprising side effect to dying. We discover true life. In a twist of irony, we find that giving up our lives gives us the life we so desperately wanted all along. Bearing your cross. Now something that I want to touch on with the first two points that I think is important is notice that it says deny yourself and take up your cross. Jesus makes this a personal responsibility and he makes your walk between you and him. I'm not bearing someone else's cross. I'm not letting someone else tell me how to deny myself. That's between me and my God. The problem with a lot of us is that we are bearing a lot of crosses that God never placed on our backs. We're carrying a lot of burdens that were never meant for us to carry. He says in this uh, passage that I read to you earlier that we need to learn to live freely and lightly. That is indicative of a person who is letting God put on their shoulders only what God puts on their shoulders and not allowing people around us, our own ideas, our own desires to begin to place crosses upon our back. No one denies for you and no one places a cross of their choosing on your back. Nor do you do that for or to someone else. Matthew 16, 24 goes on to say, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. My fourth point is this. Simply follow Jesus. Jesus says 
You have to follow me if you're going to be my disciple. Where to, Jesus? Where do you want me to follow you? And Jesus' response to that question is wherever. Wherever. Wherever I lead you. Wherever I ask you to go. If you're going to follow me, you do it without hesitation. You do it without qualification. It's not a, about, well, I can go this distance, but I can't go here. I can go there, but not in this area, Father. It's wherever He leads me, I have to go. How many people in the Bible do we see that approached Jesus and said, I'll follow you, and when Jesus replies with, what about there, there's a great pause to follow. How many times in our own lives has God asked us to follow Him and we ask Him the question where and He tells us and we say, mm, I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I can handle it. And we give this litany of excuses of disqualifying statements that tell us as to why we're not capable or able or even willing to go where Jesus is asking us to go. A great example of this in the scripture is the rich young ruler. And I'm going to tell you my, my version of the story. Here this young man is, and he sees Jesus, and he sees all that Jesus is doing, and he's interested in being a part of what Jesus is a part of. And so he goes up to Jesus, and he says, Hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, Okay, do you do what the Bible teaches? And he says, Absolutely, 100%. Everything that's in the scripture, I follow. And Jesus said, Good job. Now... One more thing that I'm going to ask you to do if you're going to go with me is I want you to go and I want you to get rid of all your stuff and I want you to come and follow me. And the Bible tells us that the, the, the rich young ruler went away sad because he had a great many things. In other words, what he was really saying to Jesus is, Jesus, I'll follow you. And when Jesus said, okay, will you follow me with nothing, the guy says, hmm, I can't go there. I can't follow you there, God. I did those other things. Jesus is always going to require of, some, us, of us something that we are hesitant to give. I'll follow you anywhere, Jesus. Will you follow me here? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'll follow you, Jesus, until you call, start costing me what's important, and then I have to stop. Or I'll follow you, Jesus, until it gets difficult, and I have to stop. Or I'll follow you, Jesus, until... I find something better to do with my time. If you say to Jesus, I will follow you wherever, you can be sure that where he points will always be out of your comfort zone. You can be sure that if you say to the Lord, God, I will follow you and I will serve you, that he's always going to point to some place that is out of your comfort zone. Why? Because he is not content to leave you as you are, where you are. He is always working to grow you and develop you and make you more and to put you in a position that exceeds every expectation that you have for yourself. You can do more than you ever dreamed possible and God is bent on making sure that comes to pass. Larry Osborne says this, he says, In many areas of our lives we treat God like our personal consultant rather than the Lord of our lives. And this is what he writes, he says, now, a consultant is someone whose wisdom we highly value and listen to, but at the end of the day, we make the final decision. That's why they're called consultants. Here's the problem. God doesn't do consulting. He never has. He never will. He does God. 
When we treat him as a consultant, he simply stops showing up for the meetings. And that's a good statement. This, this is the requirement. Follow him wherever he leads. Dan Allender said, while we are supposedly serving the kingdom, we somehow became the king. And when we thought we were following Jesus, we inexplicably made him a servant of our dreams. Who is leading? Follow him. Follow him. Matthew 16, 25. It says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Point number five is this. Make a great exchange. When we went to Mexico and uh, we got to the airport, the first thing we did was we exchanged dollars for pesos. The exchange rate for us to change dollars to pesos was $1 for 11 pesos. When we came back, the exchange rate was 13 pesos for $1. That's a bad exchange. We lost money in the exchange. The exchange rate that God is offering you today is one for one. One for one. He's saying, I'll give you my life if you'll give me yours. He said, I'll bear the weight of every problem, every difficulty, every situation. I'll take your hurt and I'll give you healing for it. I'll take your sin and I'll give you redemption for it. I'll take your burdens and I'll carry the weight of those burdens. I'll give you joy for your sorrow. I'll exchange even with you if you'll exchange with me. He's saying if you really want to find your life today, all you have to do is be willing to lose it to me. Be willing to surrender it to me. Be willing to give it to me. So what kind of exchange rate are you currently getting on your life right now? What is your soul worth today on the open market? Because a lot of us are trading the good things of God for the fleeting things of this world and it's a bad exchange. And I'm challenging you this morning to make a good exchange. Choose the better thing. Choose the better parts. You remember the story of Mary and Martha? And Martha is livid because Mary is not doing what Martha thinks she should be doing. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Look, she's just sitting around while I'm trying to work. And he says, Mary is choosing the better part. We need to choose the better part this morning. We need to make a good exchange. God is here to give you the things that you need and to take from you the things that you no longer need in your life. God is offering you in His entire kingdom for your life of commitment and devotion. So what kind of exchange rate are you currently getting? I believe this. I believe a great determiner of value is simply what someone will give you for what you have to offer. People, you know, I, I learned this in the auction uh, when we had the livestock auction. I'll tell you what something's worth, what somebody will give you for it. That's exactly what it's worth. It's not worth a penny more. You can argue till you're blue in the face that it's worth a lot of money, but if nobody will give it to you, it's not worth it. And the fact is, the market and what somebody will give you decides that. What are you getting for what you're offering? What is your soul worth today? 
What is your joy worth today? What is your peace worth this morning? What is, what is all of those things worth in your life? What is, what is your relationships worth to you? What are you exchanging them for? Because the enemy is working very diligently to get you to forfeit the genuine blessings of God for the counterfeit things that this world has to offer. And he will talk you out of everything you have if you allow him to do so. Christ said he will give you his life for yours. And he says if you'll give your life to him, he'll give it back to you and he'll give it back to you with the very life that we're all seeking to discover. A life that is wrapped up in contentment, peace, joy, and thankfulness. Amber, if you come to the keyboard this morning. I want to go ahead and read to you a couple more scriptures here from our text. And verse 27 says... For the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father and with His angels, and then He will reward each according to His works. Jesus, Jesus offers us a great exchange. He says, give me your life completely, and I will give you the kingdom of heaven. He says He's going to reward each of us according to our what? To our works. Our works, what we do. Now we know that salvation does not come by works. You can't earn salvation. But your life after salvation is fully based on what you do with it in light of what God has done for you. And so he says clearly that when he returns, he's going to reward us based on what? Based on what we did with what we had and what we gave back to the kingdom. He says, if you accept me and come after me, then you have to deny yourself. You have to bear your cross. You have to follow me. So there's no other way to do it. Verse 28 goes on to say, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And here's what I believe today is that I believe that there are people in this room that will not pass away before God returns for His church. I believe the bulk of us in here will not pass away before we see God come back. Now obviously in scripture he's talking about Jesus coming in the kingdom of God and providing salvation for us. But I think in our context today, I think it's easy for us to look at it, scripture and say God is getting ready to return. Jesus is getting ready to come back for his church. And if we take nothing away from this morning, we need to take away this. We need an urgency to go out and win people for Jesus Christ, to build the kingdom of God, to prepare our own souls and get ourselves ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready and I want you to be ready this morning. Would you stand across this place? What will Jesus discover upon His return concerning the exchange for your soul this morning? Will you have made a great trade? or not I challenge you to pursue him to live in denial to deny yourself to bear your cross to follow Jesus and to make a good exchange with your life if you do I know that you can enjoy the reward that he is bringing with him when he returns we would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street Burgrenet, Texas and as always we encourage you to come Experience life with us after it.